0: G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko, and tonight I am joined by my friend Reese. How are you, mate? I'm going great. Let's kill killer race. I really enjoyed it. We've had we've had two of the best races in a row. Like Silverstone last week was incredible. Yeah. Austria this week was just as good for its own reasons. It really proves the point. Like we don't need a huge amount of street circuits. We started this year with a bunch of street circuits in a row. The second we get to race tracks, incredible. Yeah, like Great Britain, awesome. This one. Just as good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we had battles or races, pretty much.
0: At times, there were about five cars heading into a hairpin
1: next to each other. It's like and one car overtaking two cars. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> just, it just—it was all happening. It, look, F1 when they were like, we would redesign these
0: cars. We understand where we've gone wrong. We need to make racing enjoyable again." They've—they've they've nailed it. Racing. <laughs> this is the best it's been since I've regularly watched the sport, and I think. For anyone who's watched it for a long time, this is what it used to look like a bit more. It doesn't sound as good because nothing will sound better than the V8s, 10s, 12s, blown diffuser V6 or V8. can't remember which one it is. Andy will yell at me because I'm making shit up. They sound incredible. If you check my YouTube search history, I will say frequently a compilation of old Formula 1 car (laughs) sounds might be played.
1: (laughs) So you sleep at night, a little SMR. A little bit, Yeah. (laughs) ASMR mean? I have no idea. ASMR. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know what
0: that is. Yeah, that's when they get right up. We're not doing it. <laughs> it's a, either you're into it or you hate it. I'm one of those people who was like, no. <laughs> Unless it's engines. <laughs> Unless it's engines, which in which case is sick. Let's start with a little bit of news. Because
1: there's a bit. A little bit. For us a week, only a week, a bit happened. I mean... It's kind of what happens when you group
0: together the 20 biggest rock star princesses on the planet and
1: all their entourages together and you make them travel in a big circus. Like It's going to be dramatic. <laughs> what do you want to start with today? We'll start with the speculation of maybe a Ferrari, no surprise, <laughs> and, right, Look, and maybe Red Bull cheating. My mind is already made up.
0: I can guarantee you that someone's cheating and yeah. I can guarantee you <laughs> allegedly that it's not Red Bull. Yeah, Because Max well, would never.
1: Oh, he's not designing the car. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adrian knew he is. Uh, yeah, look, and it, it's all based around the, the underneath of the floor. So like the, the wooden planks. The wooden plank.
1: Explain it because you, you've you got the technical brain. So the plank spans one and a half metres, two metres or something or other. Most of the length of the car. Most of the length of the car. It can't deflect more than 20, 20 centimetres, two mils. It can't deflect a certain amount of length at yep. one point, which is just after the start. But it doesn't say anything about the rest. Right. Or, or they don't measure the rest.
0: So they where they're measuring the deflection zone is at the
1: front. Yes. Which makes me feel like there's some funny stuff going up towards the back end. Yeah. And then maybe that's why they're not porpoising because they're putting a little flex bone or... Because it's not not so stiff. The stiff cars that what makes them vibrate in the rear, suspe- rear Essentially, suspension. Essentially, like
0: they're using this skid plane as an extra compensator for the bouncing. It's it's absorbing more of the force. Where the cars that are just having the big straight plank of wood, the actual suspension and the chassis is absorbing. Yeah, a lot of the forces
1: involved because. Yeah, which, which. It kind of makes sense. When they said it, I was like, oh, and then because.
0: And no team's come out and said, like, oh, the reason we're not porpoising is this. Like, no one's been open about it. Like, every team in interviews has come out and been like, yeah, I think we're just lucky, hey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We just designed it. We just designed it. Except Mercedes, who've come out now and they've been like, they've kind of caught on to it and then they're putting it forward. And then you see Red Bull acting like they're just. Heading towards the Shredder. <laughs> all and being like, no, 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 we didn't. Not. No, you can't prove it. Where's all
0: your paperwork? What paperwork? <laughs> we are, it, it's so hard to know, though, because you have Mercedes who are world-renowned for literally any area they think they can get an advantage. They, they will hunt it down. So we saw a couple of weeks ago with the ride height regulation, they were like... Well, we can't drop our car that low, and it's not fair. So we want that looked at. Now that they've addressed that, they're like, maybe check this out. So it's always hard to get a read of how legitimate it is until the FIA actually essentially subpoenas all the
1: information from the teams. But I don't think they're they're not subpo- They're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, not yet. They're not. No, I'm pretty sure from either from France or after France, they are going to start measuring it from the rear. With right. the skid pan.
0: Oh, I'm not a smart man, but I feel like the best way to solve this problem is you measure every bit of it. Yeah. like Because Classic FI, they go, we're going to measure it from the rear now, which is awesome. So you take the skid pan off, you
1: turn it around, <laughs> <laughs> just do a 180 with it, put it back on. That's not how the cars or work. M- maybe at more points throughout. Yeah. yeah, They're going to measure it more rather than yeah, getting all the information and analyzing it. Until, until we know, it's hard to have an opinion. I'm like, excited to for France to see if Red Bull <laughs> starts porpoising and they're like, "We've gone around this situation."
0: I'm not. Like that's <laughs> the thing too, because chances are every team, like the the rules, are very very lax with how the teams actually agree to these things, because it's yeah. every year someone's doing silly buggers up and down the grid trying to get an advantage. It is part of the sport, and I actually really enjoy... Some
1: seem like they think it's more guidelines. Very but much it so. It says this. Ours isn't really doing this. It kind of says this, and some would interpret it like this. Yeah. But we don't. We inter- don't. <laughs> yeah. It's almost It's almost getting to the
0: point where you now need a Formula One litigator to <laughs> I- assert the definitions of the guidelines. But we'll see what comes of it. If it does shake the grid up, then that's cool.
1: It'd be crazy if Mercedes just run away with it.
0: Yeah, but I would really like.
1: I wouldn't. Yeah, it would. I wouldn't want to see it too much. But it'd be crazy. Like it would blow my mind, sort of. Because I think I've got two minds on this. Being a Max and a Red Bull fan,
0: I don't want anything to change the trajectory they're on. Being a fan of integrity and a sport and fairness and all of that is, yeah, we absolutely need to have a look and it needs to be sorted out because if teams are having an unfair advantage, then it needs to be stopped. And yes, I know I just had to dig at Mercedes going it, but the teams that really does affect other people like Williams and Aston Martin and Haas and like those real lower-end teams who are like, we don't even have enough time to think about breaking the rules. Yeah. So even though it's all focused at the top end, it's really the focus needs to be on bringing the gap up from the back of the
1: grid more than anything else, which hopefully we'll see something come from it. Yeah. What What's the other news that's on your mind? Well, just going over the last week
0: or two, something I, we need to address because it, it has been so prevalent is the attitude or the behaviour of certain parts of the fan base at the track.
1: That's been a huge... I thought you were going to say flares, because <laughs> there's been a heap of them. We're definitely talking about flares too.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I want to talk about the serious one first, yeah. and then we'll talk about the flares. Because there have been a lot of reports of people cheering around, like accidents, and plenty of people getting allegations. And I they're definitely true of people saying racist things in the stands. There are a lot of females who came out and said, like, yeah, we've actually been up to, like, assaulted in the paddock and in the camp areas and things like that, it's not fair to attach any of the behaviour of the fans wearing merchandise to particular teams. And I don't like that online a lot of the discourse has now gone, oh, well, the Red Bull fans are this and the Mercedes fans are this. And it's not fair because the teams have no control over the people who go for them. I'm sure if Christian Horner and Toto Wolff and Zach Brown found about it, all of my opinions, they'd be like, "Yeah, no, we want him to go for Haas. Like yeah. we can't stand the dude."
1: <laughs> and you see all the teams; they have a strong emphasis on culture, and they you do. see them having good culture and good pulling up anything that is on field. And like, you can't see that trickle down from the teams to the customers or the fans. Yeah, I think it's this fans being. Crazy soccer fans. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit.
0: A little bit. And there is, you know, there's so many different facets that go into the fan experience. We know that human psychology changes when you're in a massive group. That's not me excusing in this behavior. It's atrocious. Anyone yeah. who, like, is celebrating an ear injury using racial slurs, like, that is not what upstanding human beings do, especially not us. We're supposed to be, sport like, supporting the premier motorsport in the world we're supposed to, you know, the people we are here cheering for and supporting, we're not living or we're not showing the same values that they're actively promoting. It was just another one of those cases where it's like for all the good this sport brings, there are that group of people who really put a dampener on it. So
1: anyone who was out there at the weekend who had a bad time, like it oh, it would be terrible. It would. It was looked like an awesome weekend to be there. And for that to dampen your weekend, it would be awful. It's not on and it shouldn't be happening.
0: No, definitely not. And like we toe the line to of saying not the nicest things about drivers, yeah. but <laughs> we've never
1: delved into actually picking on them. I would never be against someone else's opinion. And assault them for their own opinion, though, as Exactly. Well. Yeah.
0: It was just. It was kind of rough, and it, you couldn't escape from it on social media. If you spent any time on Reddit, every second post on the on the spread of Formula One Reddit subreddits that are out there was every second post was like, "This was my weekend experience." And reading it's like, it' terrible. We do need to also talk about the flares. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a tonal shift, and it might be a bit jarring, but this is certainly a big tonal shift. Holy shit! Oh. A sea of orange. Just incredible. Also, if you aren't aware, in the Netherlands, the their national colour is orange. It's the whole thing. Like, they dyed their carrots orange. That's why all our carrots are orange today. They never used to be orange. They used to be like a turnip or purple. They dyed them orange and it's this whole thing. So, whenever you see the orange flares and all of that, it's not a McLaren thing. It's a Max Verstappen <laughs> thing. because. You know, it would be easy to assume orange flares. Oh, it's McLaren, yeah. right? Lando did last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> My two thoughts on it one, it looks spectacular. Like, it does. It looks incredible. But yeah. imagine being in that stand and not being part of the Orange Army. Yeah. You're missing a good chunk of the race. Yeah,
1: that one it wasn't so <laughs> much.
0: Nothing. And also, like, the drivers, too, like, they're coming up to the main straight, getting ready to start, and it's just. Orange haze,
1: around, misting across yeah, the track. Around turn five, <laughs> and this big wind just came and pushed on the track. And you are going around a high speed corner. You want to be picking your line pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to know is like because we're, we're Australian
0: yeah. and our despite where you live in the world, we don't have access to a lot of dangerous things. We, yes. A lot of people, especially people in the US, like to say it's like we've lost some freedoms there, but we also gain a lot of safety from it and, and natural safety. We don't have access to firearms or pyrotechnics. I've, you,
1: I've pulled off a flare once. I've also <laughs>
0: lit a flare. But you can't just go and buy them. Like when we when we get our hands on these things, it's from a mate who knows a mate at the back of a car, You take it out the back in a paddock in the country somewhere, you let it off and you pray that no one sees you doing it. <laughs> I, surely you're not allowed
1: to take flares in. Like, it's got to be a banned item, right? So how many,
0: how are they all getting in with these flares? Know. There's
1: hundreds of them. I don't know. Like, the they obviously don't have metal. I don't know, obviously. But it doesn't seem like they have metal detectors. I can't imagine they would. And then you could easily pocket it. And then obviously not frisk. But don't you in. get,
0: well, surely they should be given a little frisk, right? Like, you go to the footy and it's like, yeah, man, just let me do the, they'd have a wand or something.
1: Yeah, I don't that's what I mean. I don't think they've wanted everyone if they even if they're wanting half the people everyone's bringing in flares it seems. And
0: I know I just said we shouldn't be using stereotypes, but it's pretty easy to figure out which ones have the flares. Yeah. If they're completely decked out in orange between the age of I want to say 18 and 28, he's probably got a flare. <laughs> like it's not hard, it hard to figure kind of out. Seems
1: someone came in early. Buried a carton of flares and sold them to that one grand. Good old, yeah, the good old Bathurst and (laughs) golf
0: trick that you do with your mates, where it's like, well, we're not spending that much on beers. You go the week before, dig a hole, case it, crack it. There's a maybe, but like, I do, I like seeing it because it is such a spectacle. Yeah, like it really, it's it's that gladiatorial aspect of sport, like the flares and the cheering and the chanting. But it can't be good, like. If if that's it can't
1: be good for you. No. <laughs> I don't know what they're made out of, but it, but if that's where were we? Austria. So if they're doing that in Austria, if they're doing that in Austria, what are they going to do in Netherlands when we go there? It's going to be covered in orange. We're going to have a night vision camera just yeah. to see the cars <laughs> uh, like infrared maybe. I yeah. think.
0: But they, they, I think that's that's all the big news from the weekend. I think so. Yeah. I mean, they, they, there's always minor things that we'll skip over, and we're always going to miss a big story every now and then. But for the most part, we just try and bring you the hits, I guess. <laughs> so it was a big weekend. We had a sprint race. Yep. Not great. Not not that great. Not I'd. And my takeaway from how good these new cars are for racing, we there's no justifiable reason to keep trialing the this sprint format because originally it was bought in by Liberty Media and the FIA to kind of go like, well, we need to make the sport a
1: bit more interesting. Why don't we do a sprint race? The guys can send it in the older cars and make it interesting. But I think it's supposed to be spread the weekend out. So the qualifying was the night before it usually is, Yep. Friday, and then you go sprint race the next day and the proper race the next day. So if you buy a three-day pass, you're not seeing practice for one whole day and kind of
0: it's true into track.
1: But then I feel... They need that practice. They should... that, Especially act- in the first year of these new cars, you yeah. want... like They had practice and then qualifying and then another practice and sprint. So you've got one practice before the qualifying and then... Which is
0: honestly probably one of the hardest bits of the weekend because yeah. you're running on no weight in the car, soft tires normally with how the regs have changed with tire use and just on the limit like you do want it it breaks the flow of the weekend. and if
1: you had some problems with your car then you're stuffed you don't you don't actually know your tires which people did like McLaren
0: yeah. weren't super happy with the pace of their car going into the race and they ended up capitalizing on other people's mistakes to get them the result they wanted but they weren't loving it neither no. driver was stoked hopping out of the car at the end yeah it also from the perspective you know you've got the people who go to the weekend yes it does give you more more to watch but you know you've got feeder series there like f2 is there i think f3 was there this yep. weekend as well when you come to australia you've got the supercars like they're all stuff's always happening at these tracks and you've got expos and walking like there's a lot going on it's almost like this mini festival atmosphere and i've not done an f1 event yet but i've done the MotoGP gp and the Superbikes in victoria quite a few times and it, there is plenty to do off track when things aren't going on it also really throws a spanner in like the viewing schedule because it changes randomly like if you're you know no, not randomly yeah, yeah. we know it's coming but you know this They're weekend
1: I on Friday night yeah. and I was like well
0: yeah I wasn't prepared I had, I had stuff on so like it was harder for me to watch it live because it was just different yeah. and I guess now with the current set of the cars we've got let's not do sprints you know, F one is a very traditional sport, yeah. and for all its innovation on the cars, it's not often we fiddle with weekend structure. The last big one I think we had was qualifying change, and that was early two thousands. I can guarantee it was on colour TV. I'm not good <laughs> with dates, <laughs> so I think we I think we can ditch them safely. We saw in the main Grand Prix how much better the racing was in that. Compared to the sprint, so yeah, get rid of him,
1: eh? Yeah, I, there was a bit disparity between Max going so well in sprint and not going so much in race, which was a bit weird in a, in a way. It was. So I I'm, don't don't know if he had the setup for one and setup for the both both or if they just wasn't because there was such a big time between part four and mays and the. I think there was a big temperature difference. They had rain that morning. That's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, they just w- weren't ready for it.
0: I think it was a, it was mainly a temperature thing.
1: Just the cool off
0: from the the sprint, which was quite quite hot, and then the race, which was milder. It wasn't cold or wet. It was still a lovely afternoon, but it wasn't as hot. These cars do work better at different temperatures and at different altitudes. And I think it was just enough of enough of a differential in the temperature to swing it in Ferrari's favour. Because it wasn't like they destroyed Ferraris in the race. He didn't win by thirty seconds. He won by a bit.
1: He won by a bit. I think it was at least seven seconds. Seven
0: seconds. That's not crazy,
1: though, in F1. Like, that's no. still pretty... But from him to lose and get overtaken two times yeah. in the race, it's a bit disparity.
0: Yeah, no, the disparity's there, and that's what I mean. I think that the yeah. p- the temperature differential was just enough to swing it to Ferrari's favour.
1: Because yeah. if the sprint race was just as cold, I guarantee you the yeah. Ferraris would have won as well. Well, called it, though. He knew it. as soon as he came in that post-race, interview, I've got him tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is good to see, like... Clearly, after last week in getting the finger waggle from Matia, it it seems that Charles has done what Max done in recent years, and what all drivers do is is like, okay, I kind of need to find a way to chain the ego and only let it out when it when it's helpful. Yeah. Situation like that, super helpful. That I am going to win. Yeah, like nothing will stop me. It's not helpful when, you know, your teammate's about to get his first win and you're sitting there being like, I've got a broken
1: car, but I should be out in front. So good to see. And he was disciplined. That one overtake, the first overtake, he was waiting for it. And as soon as he got that chance, boom. Slipped it. And it wasn't like he was trying when he shouldn't have because he was too over-egoed. Yeah. this should be me. Revved up. He was very disciplined and it was really good to see.
0: Yeah let's do a run through the teams for the sprint race. I don't think we need to be super in-depth because we'll get more in-depth in depth the main race, and that's really what the sport's about. Like, I'd, the sprint race, like the top 10 don't get points. It's only the top eight. It's a reduced point. You get a medal. It is It is just half-cooked in every sense of the word. <laughs> it is, though. Like, it's just half-baked. It's like they just kind of stand on the straight, and they're like, yeah, thanks, Got got the medal, and like yeah. – The commentators call it something different. They were calling it the short race this weekend. We've had sprint qualifying. We've had sprint race. Like, I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. But the grid was set from qualifying, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Max got the jump from the start and just
1: kind of ran away with it, didn't he? First, Alonso was on the... He started on
0: his tyre blankets, (laughs) I believe. He started on a set of skates and tyre blankets. It couldn't turn on. There was something wrong with the
1: startup, wasn't there? Yeah, well, I don't think he raced at all. No, they ended up pulling. It was electrical. Computers. I'm pretty sure there was. The commentators were saying something here and there, but I'm pretty sure the next day the consensus was it was electrical.
0: I think it'd have to be because if it, if it's due to like startup area, like that's all your computers and all yeah. that sort of. So yeah, but I don't think it was started
1: because it was still under jacks. So I, I don't know. Oh yeah, I just think couldn't think. even get it started. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It was on jacks, and then they like they were saying like you have fifteen seconds before it starts to get them all under. But yeah. So yeah, and Fernando. Then, yeah, taken and then out of the race. And Joe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that sprint or main race? That was sprint. Sprint as well. Yeah. So he came around the last corner on the formation lap, and his car just turned off. Like we, and we were in the onboard shot for that too, riding over his shoulder. And I remember him coming around the last corner. And I'm just like, his steering wheel just turned off. Like, the screen died on it. And I was watching it. I, was, I actually watched the sprint race last night with a friend. And we, he was like, no, it didn't. I'm like, no, it's off. Like, <laughs> the car's dead now. Shuttered to a stop. They were like, okay, get the recovery vehicle out. we got to go pull this idiot off the track. The second the car heard that someone was coming <laughs> out to get it, it flicked back to life, but they'd already done a second formation lap. He had to start from the pits. Yeah.
1: And it sounds like he was getting annoyed that this keeps happening. I would be. Yeah. Oh, After the performance you were doing. Well,
0: Well, every time it works, he gets points, right? Yeah. Like every time the car is in a good position, is working well and is set up properly, it's clearly a points finishing car. And he's had this rookie year where no one's like the biggest rookie of the year. And the irony in this is not a rookie. Everyone's still talking about Mick. Yeah. The Joe's the rookie this year and like we he hasn't had that opportunity to do anything to build momentum but credit to him i still think he handles himself very well he does you know he's not he's not just being like this is he's not swearing he's not gone off but like he's just like this is really hard like my job is to get this car to a position where i can score points earn money for the team build a better car and i'm being limited i can't even get it on the track half the time or get it to the end of the race And that was kind of it for the sprint, though,
1: really. Yeah. Yeah, Max came out in front. Leclerc and Sainz had a battle, which kind of just dragged them on, dragged them back.
0: I am okay with letting teammates fight. I think there's... The way I interpreted last night is there's two things. It's like, well, one, Ferrari is not the the snappiest with their strategy. So, you know, you don't really want to be throw on spanners in the works when you don't have to, like the less Ferrari has to think about things, the better because yep. they're still not as smooth and crisp as Red Bull and Mercedes with their decision-making processes yet. And I'm sure the reason why Mercedes and Red Bull are so effective is they literally have flow charts of like, no, we are doing this or no, we're not. Yep. Ferrari, it seems like when they say like, we're checking, we're thinking, they're literally sitting down <laughs> to figure it out where <laughs> the other teams are like, if this, then that for yep. every possible situation they can think of, Politically, though, for like the Ferrari leadership, I think it was a good idea because we see what happens to teams that always pull team orders. You have one driver who's happy-go-lucky, you know, walking on sunshine, having the best time, and then you have the other driver who's literally be like, "I'm getting stitched up by my
1: own team yeah. here." Like I'm getting and you see it a couple of years ago with Hamilton, Bottas. and oh, the one before that,
0: Hamilton and Rosberg,
1: In Rosberg, yep. and then you see him, Mick and Rubens, yeah, him actually breaking orders. Yeah, and doing it like defining the team orders. Yeah, and he's not—he wasn't a happy man, and that's no, why not he at did all. that.
0: Not at all. And it's almost fair to say that he's still not over it because <laughs> yeah. every time he has the microphone. You know, it's the same machinery, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He beat, yeah, he's—he's <laughs> he's still. And also, I don't blame him for letting him go. Like, you beat one of the best drivers of all time when your team specifically didn't want you to win. Yeah. Like, takes serious balls. <laughs> Resigned, got sacked. But yeah, it was like it's like you. Why are you resigning? Because like, well, this is the best car and nothing else can beat it, and I don't think they really want me next (laughs) year. Uh, And, like, Lewis wanted VB because he's like, well, VB will do what he's told. Like, George is a bit more of a wild card when it comes to driving with this. So, I think for by letting them fight actually gives them a bit of clear space to kind of play mum and dad to the two arguing children instead of being like, no, we are favouring one. It does affect their race a bit. But
1: that's what sprints are for.
0: That's what sprints are for. And also, like, who cares? It's so cool to see even machinery and go. It's the only time you can really tell who's the better driver. Yeah. It's the same car. They're right next to each other. The better one's going to get past because they're just as quick.
1: And you saw it a bit more with Haas as well. And you, you hear, hear Haas come out the never way. comes on the radio. Yeah. But they were coming out. Mick came out afterwards and was like, oh, I had him. Why didn't you let me pass him? And I, I don't know what the... Vertic was, but it was... Because in the sprint race, race... If you can't overtake him, you can't overtake can't him. can't overtake
0: him. I know in the sprint, Mick wasn't super happy because K-Mag just kind of extended the gap and broke DRS for Mick, which left Mick yeah. having Lewis get DRS consistently on him and eventually pass him. But I also think that's fine with the team going like, look, we're not going to do that. Like, it's not fair to ask anyone to slow down, mate. Like, we need K-Mag to get 10 seconds here because Lewis is quicker than him. yeah, And it's like, well, the second he gets you and K-Mag's right there, he'll get K-Mag. Then two are gone in one corner. Yes, he's going to get you. It's inevitable. But if K-Mag's got that distance, he might be able to throw up a bit more of a
1: defense. Yeah, And it builds grit. It builds understanding of how to defend. Yep. And had awareness.
0: You know, Mick, this is the first year he's been racing against people apart from Nikita. So, you know, there is that still learning and developing of like, The defensive positioning of the car, how it works under the error conditions when you are following or being followed, all that stuff. So, you're right. I like that point. So, I think that can wrap up the sprint. I know we didn't talk about everybody, but we're going to talk about everybody in the big race. Yeah. So, let's just, let's talk about that. Second best race or first best race of the year? Contender, anyway. Contender. Contender, definitely. Let's run through it. Who are we going to start with today? I think... We should start with
1: the Honda-powered cars. Yeah. I was thinking Alpha Tori maybe. Yeah, definitely. Tough weekend.
0: <sighs> it's hard to be an Alpha Tower fan, and it's, it's hard to be a Pierre fan this year. And not not for anything that Pierre's done. He's not an unlikable person, but they're really having a bad time. Yeah. They came in at the end. They Both of them just beat Seb, so they came 16, uh, 15th and 16th, I think. Yeah. Not looking too crash hot. No. And you know, Pierre clipped Seb. Seb, yeah. Sent him spinning. And Seb also got clipped in the sprint race too, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and but uh Gazi also got clipped in the sprint race. Gazi he, he went to, they never g- finishes a sprint race, my no. man. Like <laughs>
0: every time he hears the word sprint, I think he's just like, Great, I'm gonna get smacked. I'm out. It was Hamilton too, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean technically It is a better weekend because the drivers didn't take each other out (laughs) compared to last week. But from where that car, from when they made that switch from Toro Rosso to AlphaTauri, they were like, look, we are going to put everything into making this a genuine racing outfit and competing for it. And they did. They started on a trajectory. They've slowly slipped back this year. They've come back quite a bit this year, to be honest. And I don't know why. Pierre, when he jumped out of the car, said, "Like, look, we whatever upgrades we're working on, we clearly need them quickly. But I've got no real—I don't know why they're not porpoising super bad. No, they don't look slow.
1: They are, a but bit they slow. slow. Yeah, that's slow. yeah, yeah.
0: But you know what I mean? Like, it's not slow like a Williams slow, where it's like, oh, there's a not- noticeable
1: pace difference. It's just they can't seem to be, and it doesn't seem like Gasly can perform in that car. He's not liking it. No." And Yuki,
0: I don't. It's so hard to tell whether Yuki likes something or not because he's not great in interviews. <laughs> he's very to the point and quite literal about things. Yeah. So like he, and he's not one for a rant either. So like he doesn't have a blow up where he's like, "Yes, yeah, the brake ducks. It's like sometimes when Charles or Max go off, it's like, "Yeah, it's how stupid this." <laughs> like it's, I know who did it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you who did it. <laughs> Yuki's just like, I mean, yeah. Yuki just kind of goes like, "Yeah, no, nah, not a good race." Try again next week. Yeah, work on it. Yep. But I don't... I've said before that, like, you know, Yuki isn't the most dedicated to improving his craft. It's what kind of we were like a little bit. Like, you kind of got to work on some stuff, my man. Yeah. Yeah, forgettable weekend. Forgettable. And I'm sad to keep saying forgettable weekend because I feel like this is weekend four or five. Where I'm like, and you know, just a forgettable weekend. Has, probably since Monaco, since we've seen something cool. And even that yep. wasn't a good weekend. Pierre was no. stuck right at the back because Yuki crashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we can leave there. There. Let's talk about the big Red Bulls. Yep. I think, you know, Checo, classic.
1: Unlucky. I thought he was going to grit his way back just like last week. And then as soon as I heard damage, I was surprised they put him out for so long. I think it was 20, 22 laps or it was 20-something laps.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't the first lap. It was turn four, wasn't it? Turn four, that big first sweeping right-hander. And it irked me last night watching it where Crofty was like, see, this is what happens when you go around on the outside. But it's like, no, it's not supposed to
1: happen. Like, Give him room. Like, like, He had the corner.
0: And he was also significantly in front by the midpoint of the corner too. Like
1: he did have nose and wheels in front of George's front wheels. And it was George, he didn't have control of the car. He had understeer. It did, he clipped the curb a little bit and it adjusted the yeah. angle of the nose. But that's no excuse. No, you're not if supposed he, to. If you can't control your car, that's not a reason to crash into someone.
0: No, it's not. Then watching a couple of replays though, George was still in the wrong. But here's the thing. When Checo said, I gave him heaps of space, <laughs> <laughs> might have not been heaps, my man. <laughs> there wasn't. There, the, both incidences we saw with drivers getting hit and spun, you had the wounded party being like, I left them space." You had the person on the inside being like, you squeezed me. And they're both kind of right because when you look at it, yes, there was about a centimetre or two where George wouldn't have hit him. Yeah. That's
1: not heaps. There wasn't heaps of space there as well.
0: Yeah, no. So, yeah. But it was good to see that the stewards weren't messing around this weekend. They just went penalty, bang, penalty, bang. Like they dealt with it quick and clean. Yeah, The investigation Was not very long. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, Checo got punted off into the gravel. Got it back out, which was always good to see. Um, Because, like, first lap safety car is not great for anyone's strategy. No. (laughs) Got it back out of the gravel. Lapped around for another 20 laps. The damage just made it not good. And I think the reason they left him out is now they get a whole bunch of readings on how this car performs smashed to pieces.
1: But it was so bad. I was, I was, I was <laughs> thinking, save. Like, he got lapped maybe lap seven or something. He was like 40 seconds off last place at one stage. And I'm like, that's ha- more than half a lap behind the second last person. Yep. You're not have a fighting chance for nothing. Save your engine. And he's, he called back okay a bit. Like, he got back
0: to following people don't think he passed anyone, but he was making that time back to whoever was in front of him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was still doing okay, but yeah. there was no way he was going to do whatever he had to with yeah. the damage they had. Yeah. So, yeah, they ended up retiring him, I want to say, like, maybe two-thirds through the race by the end. Austria is such a short track anyway. Like, they were lapping a wall. No, I
1: think it was only a third. A third? Yeah, it was like lap 20. Oh, well, mate, I don't know.
0: I can't remember. Um, and then Max... Which is weird, because we normally talk Red Bulls closer to the end, but Max had a very good race, second place. Yeah. I'm clearly not a world championship contender, because I see second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth as essentially <laughs> <Yeah>. equal <laughs> in my
1: mind. I'm like, yeah, that's a good result. You you'd know? have a great race, I was thinking. Because, he, yeah, his tyres just degraded so fast. And that
0: was the big story of where the pace was lost, because on paper, the cars are still very, very similar in how quick they are. Um, and down the straights, you know, they're pulling similar speeds. Yep. And it was, it just seemed in that middle stint that he went on, those tyres just either didn't warm up for a lap or two or the second they warmed up, they just fell away. Yeah. Uh, and being such a big Max fan and this technically being Red Bull's home race, you know, like the, the win is ideal, but there's something really, really awesome because we haven't seen it in a few years for of a Ferrari passing a car for the lead. Yes. So... That was good to see. He got passed by both Charles and Carlos at the race. And Leclerc twice. And Leclerc again later on after the virtual safety car pit stop. And before that. And before that, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, clearly the Ferraris had the, the better package all around. But, you know, when you're fighting for a world championship, if you're not winning a race, the most important thing you do is you come as close to winning the race as you can. Second place is that. So, the win's ideal. The second place is the best damage limitation you can do. I don't think they would be super annoyed. I know when Max jumped out of the car, he spoke about like, look, we the tie deg was what let us down. We need to look into that because it shouldn't have really happened yeah. that way and our data didn't really support what occurred. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, they did try and manage his ties for him in part of the race. His race oh. engineer came on and said, we're gonna run you at Hamilton's pace so he doesn't gain on you. And Max was like, Why? Yeah. <laughs> what are you telling me to do? What are you telling me to slow down for? And they're like, Look, man, you can go for it if you want. You're telling um, the
1: world champion to slow down. But I've got a world champion to win.
0: You know, Max <laughs> is like, we really need to figure out what the tie deck problem is. I think I figured it out, bro. <laughs> it might be you. <laughs>
1: Cause they told you to slow down for a little bit to preserve the ties. But also that's antithetical. If you slow down for all those laps, same net result. Yeah. And I think they were telling them to slow down because at that stage they were thinking Ferrari was going to do a two-stop, or one-stop strategy when they were already committed to a two-stop tra- strategy.
0: Well, do we want to talk about the Ferraris now then? Because Ferrari's strategy was certainly interesting this weekend. It was. Plan <laughs> E. Lap, I don't know, maybe 15, yeah. 20, <laughs> <laughs> 20 laps into the race. Carlos's engineer comes across the line and goes, uh, we are doing... Plan E. Echo. Echo. E for echo. And then I'm sure everyone at home was like, weird, weird, shocked expression on the face. And even Crofty was like, am I hearing that? Did he say echo? <laughs> like, we've already burnt through the first four plans.
1: Yeah. A, and B, C, D and e. and e. D, yeah. The first four plans. Like, what's the other plans if you're coming first? If you're behind? Like, I don't know. I just don't know.
0: I would love a chart of how many actual plans each team puts together. Because I have a feeling Mercedes has three for each driver, right? Yeah. You would have, this is the ideal, this is the undercut, overcut prevention plan, and this is the if something goes wrong safety car plan. Yeah. Ferrari seems like they're using the whole alphabet. Yeah. (laughs) uh, I
1: don't think they stopped at E. Did he have a plan for his car blowing up? (laughs) <laughs> Look, when I watched it, I was initially
0: like, oh, plan A, plan explosion. And then I spent a little bit of time online today and realized that like literally every other person in the world made that joke. So I'm not going to make it. <laughs> but it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence that on lap 20 you can have burned through four planes. Like you're spending so much time having all these options, but yet you still struggle to make a decision because you've got so many to pick from.
1: Yeah. but I, I don't think they're all congruent as in they all they're very dependent on one thing or another and there might be two from each there'd be if he was in front there's maybe two plans there you've got the one one stop the two stops if he was coming behind verstappen and leclerc maybe in third that's another two and then yep. you've got them both being in front of Verstappen and doing some kind of team play. Yeah, and there's two strategies there, which is maybe D and or E. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Look, you make a very good point. There's no way I'm remembering more than one plan. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't know why you're telling him hey, say we don't play
1: So Just at that point, tell him what you want him to do. But if you're getting paid a million dollars, would you remember six plans?
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm getting paid a million dollars. If I, I am the most stroll of this podcast group. The second <laughs> I'm in F one, I am putting my feet up. I'll probably start smoking again. I will take my <laughs> paycheck for a year and then work in broadcasting and be hopeless there like all the good drivers do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> also though, clearly the, whatever strategy on didn't work. It that was a massive engine failure that Carlos went through. That's yeah. what caused the virtual safety car in the like, with about 20 laps, 15-20 laps to go. Uh it was right after Charles had passed Max. Carlos yeah. was then next in line. Absolutely hunting him down, and I was heading into turn four again. That's where everything happened this weekend. <laughs> Coming into turn four, and you just saw a little trail of smoke pop out the back of it. And then you saw a little bit of a shockwave and a lot more smoke. And then as he's pulled off onto the service road, a proper explosion cracked open the paneling on the car. So whatever let go in there properly blew up. I don't... There's no way this engine is salvageable. Absolutely. Which means more penalties coming yeah cuz i would blow my mind if any piece of that is yeah. is workable and then scarily the fuck the car blew and then scarily the car burst into flames on an uphill slant so carlos couldn't there's no handbrake so as he's trying to stop the car and get it flat the car's engulfing in flames at that point
1: it's still in motion.
0: Still in motion. It's rolling backwards. And he couldn't, like, you know, trying to put his foot on the brake to stop it. It's fruitless. It's it's going backwards. It weighs nothing at this point. It's 10 laps, 20 laps to go. And you want
1: to get out of the car. so and You, you clearly want to <laughs> get out of the car. Who doesn't want to be on the brake.
0: No. And then, you know, marshals are volunteers and they do a very good job. But I did notice, interestingly, in the background, a marshal ran about halfway to the car with a fire extinguisher, plonked the fire extinguisher on the ground and then proceeded to run away. (laughs) (laughs) Then there was the other marshal who ran up with a piece of wood and wedged it under the tyre. Smart. It didn't work too well, (laughs) but I think it did enough to slow the car that Carlos could safely jump out of it. Yeah. But yeah, horrific to see. But again, another race where we just go, this is why we have all the safety procedures. This is why they take their jewellery out. This is why they have to wear stupid undies. This is why they wear like a four-layer race suit and all these other things because everything can be going fine. You're in one of the best cars on the planet and then suddenly it's completely on fire and you're trapped. So happy to see Carlos get out. Also, I think he mentally unfazed, to be honest.
1: It didn't seem like it bothered him too much. I don't think it bothered him being in a flamed car, but it bothered him that, Every time he gets momentum, every time he looks like he's going well, something like this happens, and he just gets a little setback.
0: He did say that, didn't he? Yeah. Which goes to show like, the mental strength these guys have sitting in a burning wreck, which has led to significant injury in the past, and unfortunately like, has led to death and injury and chronic illness and disfigurement for drivers not that long ago. Sitting in a burning car and your biggest thing is going like, yeah, I won last week. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Charles. Yeah, winner. Winner. First time he's won a race not on pole position. So, not that I've ever doubted his talent, but that's another little tick in the box of being like, okay, it's not just purely situational. He has the chops to do it, which we, we've we known he always it has. Yeah. But until you do it, it doesn't count.
1: Yeah. ran in a really good race. You ran a really good race. Yeah. Real disciplined. Didn't jump at an opportunity too early. Yep. Waited for it to appear.
0: Pulled an early sneaky pass on Max that I think took most of us by surprise because he shaped up coming into I think probably again turn five. Mm. Shaped up a pass that didn't work. And then just snuck him on seven. Yep. A couple of seconds later. Which he just he did. He just poked his nose up the inside and leapfrogged him. Mm. And it was really good to see. Yeah. You know, and just yeah, having that patience of not trying to force something that's not there, but seeing when the opportunity opens having that really like – and we're talking millisecond assessment and pulling it off.
1: And every lap, it looks like there's something there. Yep. But then just going, no, not yet. not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It will come.
0: And it did. It passed him a few times. He ended up taking home with a win. He was super happy from it. But I think my biggest takeaway or my happiest thing for Charles this weekend is to see that clearly Matia has a way of working with his drivers and making this young man understand his place in things and making him aware of like the bigger picture because he came into it with a very clear mind. We saw how dedicated he was after the sprint, with the, him jumping out, and being like, "I'm going to win this tomorrow," and then the ability and the 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 mind to then convert that to a win. Yep. I don't, I don't think like that's really as good as it gets. <laughs> hey, yep. for a weekend, um, and it was interesting too that both the two main contenders had a car drop out this race. Yeah, so only
1: you know both. Do you reckon signs would have had Verstappen if it, if yeah. it could carry on? Yeah.
0: Yep, I reckon it would have been a Ferrari 1-2 with Verstappen on third, yeah. which is why, you know.
1: Not what I was predicting, if you listened to last episode. Oh. No, did we
0: both do a Red Bull
1: 1-2? I certainly did.
0: I can't remember what I We'll look it up at the end. Yeah. be interesting to see because I know I probably haven't done too well. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also, fingers crossed that you haven't done too well either. So moving on from the Ferraris. We are going to talk about the Afro 4 now. Not the best weekend. Valerie Bodas took new engine components, which meant he started at the back. Joe jo
1: didn't start very good because of the sprint race starting from the pit lane. Yep. So I think he started at 13th. Joe began in 13th, and they
0: ended up finishing in... Bodas came in 11th, widen place out of the point, which is not a bad effort from starting last in a car and getting it halfway up the grid. And yeah, there was a couple of DNS, but you know, he still motored on up there and, and past people.
1: It's not the track for them.
0: No, because we know, as they've said, their biggest issue is high speed stability. And both Great Britain and Austria are a high speed stability, which Andy has informed me about more than once recently. <laughs> <laughs> and might I say a little bit roughly, Joe ended up finishing in 14th. So he, he dropped a place overall. So not, for everything that happened to them this weekend Not terrible no. It's not points Which I believe last week They both finished in the points Joe definitely did Yeah. So yeah, Last week Joe crashed He did didn't he <laughs> How could I forget It was the week before he got points yeah. <laughs> So not forgettable It's not a forgettable weekend It's not a successful one But I think it's still a positive weekend For the team as a whole They've got a lot to learn from A lot to learn so. from Definitely some serious issues to fix, especially on Joe's car. He seems to be the one who's getting the, the worst run of it this year out of the two of them. But when you put this year's season in comparison to last year's, there's no way Bottas or that anyone driving that Alfa Romeo could have started in 20th and done any better than 18th. Yeah.
1: So I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Passable. We didn't see much of them, though. Yeah. For that weekend, if they got points, they would have been stoked. Yep. But, but finishing just outside, it's okay. Yeah. Haas, though. Haas. From one same power unit, did remarkably well. And I think you I've been
0: it saying for weeks. Like, I, I think I've said most weeks is, like, if Haas can just get some luck, yeah. they're both going to do well. But I don't think it was so much luck. this track suited their car. Yeah, very much so. That well, we know how powerful that Ferrari unit yeah. is. Like it's got some serious grunt in it. Some especially <laughs> Especially coming out. <laughs> shut up, Daryl. Especially coming out, out of the corners. Like it seems yeah. it's power delivery and its conversion from like burning the fuel to getting it to the wheels is the best out of all of them. It's off the line is insane. Mick? does this. He's doing it a little bit earlier than he does most <laughs> years. Normally, it's a mid-season break thing that he'll come back and stomp people. A couple weeks out, he's just, last week, snagged a few points. This week, decided that he really likes how it feels. Yeah. Sprint race, depending on which one you're a fan of, more, got left a little dirty.
1: Yeah.
0: Hamilton pipped him, which is also to be expected. But this week, the main race, the Grand Prix, unreal. And unreal. it was
1: an unreal battle for that mid-pack.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were points yeah. heading up into turn two yeah. where there was what? You had both Haas's, yeah. Lando Norris, Alonso,
1: and yeah. Hamilton, I think. No, no, no. No? I think it was the Alfa Romeo's, like, Joe was up Joe. there before he pitted.
0: That's right. Yeah. 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 Because of what Fernando did to him on the straight after that. Yeah. But this is like... This, this is where we want Haas to be. I, I didn't see any media with Gunter in it. I can only imagine how excited he would have been. When I talk about Mick, though, I'm super stoked for him. And, like, I love seeing this and I want to see more of it. Unless, though, unless he can get those start of the years down pat, it's still not the best-looking you know, situation but, for him.
1: But to start beating Magnussen is really remarkable. Like, he's not only performing towards the pack but he's outperforming his teammate now. Yeah, which is you can't ask for anything more really, can you? No. K-Mag, another good race.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know. I think he had fun out there. He seemed happy about his race.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, K-Mag came in eighth and Schumacher got six. Yeah. So that's one of their best performances ever. Yeah. And six places is a little bit, of, whenever the, one of them qualifies in six, it's a little bit of a demon for the team normally. <laughs> Qualifying? Seventh for Magnussen, ninth for Schumacher. So, yeah, K-Mag went back a little bit. Schumacher, net net neutral position movements for the team overall. Double points finish. That's what it's all about, baby. Yep. Keep going. And that's the Ferraris. So, do we want to do Mercedes next or the Alpines? Uh, we'll go Alpine. Alpine, good. Now, I want to start with what I think might be the greatest thing I've seen someone do in a car, <laughs> which was... Fernando Alonso getting squeezed off the track by Joe on a straight, going onto the grass with two of his wheels, somehow then picking up speed and traction at the same time, (laughs) overtaking Joe into a braking zone, at which point he looks over, wags the finger at him like a naughty child as he's downshifting into one of the fastest corners on the track. Like, that, that gap between an F1 driver... And a Formula One world champion is just that insane ability to break the
1: laws of the universe. It shouldn't (laughs) have been possible. He just felt so comfortable. I don't know how I couldn't do it in my car, let alone. And you've got an
0: all wheel drive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That bad boy's a rear wheel drive. (laughs) And to do that and to look over Finger Wave and he's still controlling the car. And makes the pass too. It it wasn't like he
0: went alongside him and dipped back behind. He went alongside, told him off. Then took the corner. Yeah.
1: Showing <laughs> him how to drive. It's like, mm-mm, that's not how you drive. This is how you drive. I'll show
0: you how you do it. He started in 18th.
1: Yeah. After the tyre blanket.
0: 19th. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 19th. And ended up coming home in 10th with a point. Yeah. So like, we... i And with also like, you know, dinging your tyres up a little bit on the grass there and being classic Fernando, like stirring people up the whole way <laughs> so yeah freak right yep. and like it's almost sad that i wasn't old enough to appreciate him in the winning reno back in the day because if this is the person he's always been as a racer like imagine seeing him in that top tier car <laughs> like it'd be something to yeah witness he's like a man of the sport though like like joe man like looking over and just being like are you for real? Like, yeah. is that even allowed? Like, <laughs> are you allowed to, like, overtake me like that? So, fantastic. Ocon, though. And I know i know not the biggest fan of Ocon here and there, but a really good weekend from Ocon. Yeah, one of the best he's had. Yeah. And, shout out, man, quite achiever. Wasn't yeah. spoken about a huge amount. He came in, what, for his qualifying? He was so fifth. He started six. Yeah. Qualified six, which is. Huge. Yep. You know, that's right at
1: the pointy end. And came home in fifth. Yeah. He was in that clean air, I'm pretty sure, most of the time. And just put his head down. Didn't let anything deter him.
0: Yep. It was a very, very, very remiss of, like, George Russell early in the season. Like, being right there, but also not there enough to compete. So, it's yep. like, you, you get that little gap. And, and, you and you've got no,
1: couple, one to, no one to run into.
0: No one to run into. No one to run into you. Yeah, So, just, well done, Ockhorn. Hey, like, yeah. that... And it pains me to say it because I want Pastry in that seat. But if he keeps this up, like, you can't get rid of him. He's doing really well. But when 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 Oscar's there. Oh, I mean, Oscar's better than any of you or yeah. everyone. Nine-time world champion. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alphine's Alpine, doing well. Especially how harsh the start of the sprint was for Fernando. To watch that team kind of get it together, figure out whatever's going on in the car, get it on the track, come home with a double points finish. 100 race plan is going strong. Very strong. Otmar might be the best buy of the year, I think. He's really got that team marching to the same tune. They're clearly all working for the same goal. The, the
1: drivers play nice together too. Yeah, um, Yeah, like I... If, if I was Ocon and under Alonso's wing... I reckon I know that I've got a lot to learn, yeah, and I'd be playing nice, yeah. But it's just that I don't know respect. I guess you have to have for a world champion,
0: yeah. And you know, SMN Ocon has improved huge. Like a lot of the reason I don't like him is based off his rookie year. Like that's where a lot of my angst. But this is sport, like. That's what goes in sport. You see one event 15 <laughs> years ago and it shapes the rest of you. My dad, to this day, will foam at the mouth when he sees Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> he hates him that much because of Mark Weber and Daniel Ricciardo back in the day. But we all love Seb because yeah. he's changed. So maybe, maybe I need to change my opinion on on, but I won't because <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> and a Taurus. <tourist. laughs> So that, well, I mean, that's all the Renault's done. Yep. Let's jump to the Mercedes. Mercedes first? Or the
1: Mercedes power unit yeah. in cars.
0: Who do you want to talk about first? Anyone in particular want to jump off with?
1: Probably McLaren, unfortunately. Didn't do great.
0: Look, they didn't, but I also wouldn't say it was a terrible weekend. Qualifying, yep. 10th and 11th. So, for Danny, who's clearly not comfortable in the car and struggling with it, that's where you want to be, yeah. right behind your teammate, showing that, you know what, like, look, I don't even have... I don't even like this bloody car. No. It's a box, according... Like, really, it is for Danny. It's a terrible yeah. car to drive, and I'm just behind my teammate, who this car's been designed for, and he gets everything he wants. and yeah. like had,
1: had him off the start as well. The
0: worst bit about Austria is that they didn't have those bloody space hoppers, and Danny could have given him another whack. <laughs> 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 That's my big negative for that. End results, we had... What? It wasn't point, or was it?
1: Yeah, it was double points.
0: Double points? Just. Yeah, it yeah, was. Sixth S- and ninth. Close. Seventh and ninth. Seventh and ninth. Seventh for Lando, ninth for Danny Rick. They were both not super happy with their car, the car they bought to this weekend. They didn't love the setup they were running. But to come home with t- two points finishing is as good as it gets. I think Danny said in an interview that, you know, when we talk about damage limitation – this is our version of damage limitation, yeah. so it's, it's pretty good. Of course, I would have loved to see Daniel Ricciardo absolutely beat him. Yeah. But, no, that they did well. I don't think this is a step forward for McLaren as a whole, though.
1: No. They haven't fixed anything. No, and it doesn't look like they're getting any better.
0: This is super off topic, but it's also important. I wanted to bring it up in Haas, but McLaren reminded me of it, because McLaren's bought some upgrades, yeah? Yeah. most teams have. Haas hasn't upgraded their car once and they're still getting faster <laughs> and it, like that is the biggest dick energy in the sport. All your competitors are updating their car you're driving the thing you made end of last year, you're beating most of them and you're getting quicker.
1: <laughs> they had all of last year to develop though.
0: <laughs> Not in my world they didn't. Uh Another thing, though, with Lando, uh, track violations was a massive thing this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, because he had a penalty. He got a penalty. Yeah. Someone else did too, eventually. But I think Lando, uh, pretty much everybody got warnings. Yeah. Um, it was got
1: black and white flags. Yep.
0: It was every few laps. I, every yeah. time the commentators were like, oh, yeah, we didn't even mention you, but this person got a warning again. Yeah. Lando copped a penalty for it. He did jump out of the car and kind of say, he's like, yeah, but, you know, when I, it was understeering. So, when I understeered, that means I was losing time. So, I punished myself. It's not, this is also, this is not verbatim. I might be throwing a bit of spin on this. <laughs> but it, it did It did kind of seem like spoiled Silver Spoon Kid being like, well, technically when I left the track, I went slower and then you punished me more. That's not really fair. And then he did kind of try and save it a little bit by being like, yeah, but I guess they did it to everybody. But that's the same as the person on picks on you for something and you go, hey, man, that's kind of insulting. And They go, well, I was just joking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean
0: it. Like, it's just-
1: you don't like him. I think I'm getting worse, too. (laughs) Like, I think
0: it's it's this thing.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. A good weekend in a way of just that middle pack. I want their car to get better. I'm a McLaren supporter. I want one of their cars to get better. I want one of their cars to get heaps better. I want one of their cars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can drive it to all the places you want to go and see. Yeah. Let's do Williams. Williams? Yeah, let's do Williams. Albon? Now, did he punt someone in the, the Grand Prix or the sprint race? It was the sprint race. The sprint race. sprint race he sent Seb off. Yeah. That was hard to watch. I really liked both those boys. Yeah. But for qualifying, we had Alvon in 15th and Latifi in 17th. Yeah. So those GoTifi memes didn't go over too well from last week, yeah. I don't think. <laughs> but, you know, now we got to see how these upgrades go because I don't think they upgraded Latifi's car to the same spec this week. I don't think so. So, which goes to show that whatever upgrades they bought are quicker because they, I mean, there were two penalties in the qualifying. So, you had Bottas and Alonso out of place. But traditionally, we've seen them right at the bottom. Seeing Albon jump up to 15th, that's Q2. So, that's a better performance. Yeah. And Latifi, 17th, it's about what we expect. For, for what he's capable of and also what the machine's capable of. That's that's about par, I would say, for him at the moment. So there's nothing too much more to add there. Results wise, were much the same, weren't they?
1: But Latifi didn't finish, didn't he?
0: He ended up retiring. He did say that he picked up he didn't really know if he picked up damage or not, but when they checked the car there was a bit of yeah.
1: damage to it. He goes, I don't know if there was damage. There was stuff on the road and I I think I drove over it.
0: And he's like, and I definitely hit a curve. <laughs> yeah. I definitely
1: smacked a curve or two. That might have done something. Yeah. But I, d- I don't know where I got the damage from.
0: No, and they ended up, Albon in 12th and Latifi DNF in 19th. Yeah. So he beat, he beat Perez. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> For no points. No points. It's Williams, man. Like that's, you know, they're... They've changed their design philosophy. They're really focusing on that car. Albon's car's clearly gotten a lot better because he, you know, made a place on his qualifying. Yeah, over the end. Uh
1: not much. We'll to say see. No, yeah.
0: we'll just see. Really, for Williams,
1: I'm just waiting for Oscar to to get in that seat. Yeah,
0: there have been some rumours spreading that he might be replacing Daniel Ricciardo at McLaren, but I have not entertained a single one of them or even clicked on those links. I'm not willing to allow that discourse to happen on this show. (laughs) There needs to be two Australian drivers in the sport.
1: Yeah. Well, even if Daniel goes to Williams and he can develop the car he wants to drive in, might even be better. But there needs to be two. Yeah, it needs, <laughs> yeah, to, it go needs to be somewhere else.
0: What we're saying is there has to be two. <laughs> yeah. That's not negotiable. So we'll see. We'll see. Look, we'll see. We're, to to sum Williams up, though, it's there's going to be not, not much to talk about until both cars are significantly upgraded. And then we can make a judgment call. Yeah. Aston Martin? Yeah. And a Aston Martin. Let's start with Stroll's post-race interview. Wet rag, wet rag, it's a wet paper towel, man.
1: Just, just, he has nothing good to say. He yeah. could have said, oh, he could, he could make the story a bit more exhilarating by saying, oh, this went well, or like it was hampered by this or something. He's like, no, it didn't, didn't go well. Yeah, he just, he, he was at fifth at one point. Like it, everyone else had pitted around him. Yeah, but
0: he did. Like that, and that's what they kind of been doing with Stroll this year. They're like, we're just going to leave him out because someone's going to crash eventually, yeah. and if it's not him, it'll be someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Save the money on the tires, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't it didn't eventuate. So their long shot strategy, which is always a gamble, it didn't yeah. pay off. Which I'm I'm fine with. Qualifying Vettel was 18th and Stroll was 12th, so Stroll had a decent qualifying. Yeah. He does normally have okay-ish qualifiers. Like, he can do okay in qualifying. I think in the Aston, he's a better one-lap pace driver than Seb because Seb's really hit and miss with his qualifying. Sometimes he's Q3. Yeah. Sometimes he's Q1. Yeah. <laughs> There's not real a lot of in-betweens for him. Results-wise, though, I mean,
1: Vettel came last, but he got taken out at one point. Yeah, he had an unlucky race. Just He wasn't doing anything wrong. And people just running into him. Yeah, and it was Pierre, wasn't it? This was, yeah. Yep, yeah, Pierre. That was the big one. <laughs> he never caught back up.
0: No, nah, he just ended up getting stuck down there. And, like, you know, th- it doesn't look super quick on Telly, but they probably hit each other at like 170 yeah. kilometers to Yeah, fast hour. corner. Very quick, possibly even 200. So, like, getting punted into gravel that is going to loosen up some components of the car. So, even if you get it back on the track, it's not going to feel as good as it did off the line. Like, the floor will be dinged up. Your aero's been bumped. Tyres have been wobbled around a little bit. We didn't talk about with Fernando Alonso that the reason his race was compromised towards the end, they didn't put a tyre on properly. He had to come back in and have oh. another pit. But that did happen too. Oh, that's Little asterisk. Fernando's these mechanic must have pinched the hearse, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't put the wheel on again. But results-wise, Seb, last place unfortunately, last of the finishes and Stroll 13th.
1: When are they going to do better? I mean... Are they? Do they just not have the team? Is Lance Stroll... Oh, Daddy Stroll. Lawrence Stroll.
0: I think that's where... I mean, it has to be right. I don't think it's fair to look at any organisation and not attribute most of the cause to the leadership
1: involved. But with upgrades being drastically different, are they going to change? but you see in Montreal Vettel being in the top 10 in that free practice and then not getting qualifying there is potential in that car. Oh 100% and since they've swapped it the the
0: chassis design there has been a marked improvement. Yeah. Problem is some of their competitors have improved <laughs> more. <laughs> you know what I mean like the car's gotten better yeah. but the three the three other teams around them have gotten a bit more better. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know I don't know. I've got a particular dislike of Lawrence and Lance, but trying to put my business hat on, I guess, they're doing all the right things to make it work. Yeah. Like, they they have this new campus that they keep talking about that's being put together. It's like a a fully new factory working space, super fancy, millions and millions of dollars are going into it. It's not finished yet. I think it's got a wind tunnel in it too. So, like, they're doing the right things. To get a, a race car, but that's why I think it's a, it's a mainly a Lawrence Stroll th- issue here, is that you're making the right moves, but you also might not have that personality to really invigorate and lead this team in the right direction. Because it is motorsport, it is different than other businesses. And the people involved in it, like everyone who works in this sport is a genius. Yeah. It takes a different style of management, you can't just... Like, I know you can throw money at the problem, but you also can't just throw money at every problem. You need that strong direction and leadership, and it just doesn't seem like it's there. So, and you know, losing Otmar was huge, and a lot of people liked Otmar in that team. They've been there forever.
1: We'll see if they do come back. We, We will see. Mercedes, Mercedes, the big boys. The big boys Really good weekend
0: Great weekend <laughs> <It's just> a, <laughs>
1: They fixed the porpoising
0: They did It looked like It's it's pretty much gone Drivers are fine Yeah No one's walking around With a crooked back No And uh, Hamilton looked fast He did He looked really Well Hamilton had, didn't have The best qualifying Eighth For his qualifying Yeah And Russell fourth
1: Well H- Hamilton crashed in, in qualifying. Yeah, he did. So, I think he put into the wall, broke his front right suspension and was really upset that he put that on mechanics. And it made me think, bro, he doesn't crash that often.
0: Never. And even, like, when he makes mistakes, like, we think about Baku being one of his biggest mistakes he's ever made. He didn't crash. Yeah. He just drove off the track a little bit. <laughs> Locked up. So, yeah, weird to see. Um Clearly, he was... Clearly, he's got like all his motivation back. Yep. He's pushing that car to the limit. He clearly feels confident and safe enough now yep. that he can take it to the limit and find where it is. Yep. And you know what we're seeing here is a comparison between this Mercedes that is a little bit more of a standard Formula One car versus the Limitless Mercedes of yesteryear, where it was there was no limit to what you could do in it. It was just that good. So, in, good to see. Yep. Like super exciting to see. And it shows how much he cares about his mechanics, too. He, he was genuinely hurting of the fact that he caused their weekend extra work. He doesn't like doing it. No. He's
1: a great dude. Yeah.
0: I have so much respect for him as a racer.
1: Me too. And he that's in the sprint. He just... Upper place, upper place. Yep. <laughs> and then in the race, it was just... Upper place, upper place, upper, upper place. And just, yeah.
0: George came home in fourth. And Lewis in
1: third. Yeah. Didn't think George was going to get back up there, to be honest. Yeah, but he did. At one stage, he was this in that that mid pack. Yeah, the was,
0: the yeah almost like the melee that was going on from yeah. a
1: bunch of laps. Was he going to get past? I wasn't sure. Was he going to get kept back? And then I guess if signs didn't go out, he wouldn't get in the top five. But he got up there.
0: But hey, he was there to capitalize on it. Yeah, I think the World Constructors Championship Mercedes is doing like. I think they're going to take it. Their consistency is still here. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see one of their drivers really put together a perfect championship challenge.
1: We'll see after France. <laughs>
0: interesting. But yeah, look, Mercedes is doing what they do best. Yep. Just getting the work done.
1: And that's, You finally see that fast car... Or you finally see that reliable car come fast. Yes. Which is very exciting to see. You're not, you're not seeing him battle against the Ferraris or Red Bull that much. But then it makes you think, if he didn't crash in qualifying, would he have been battling? Would he have been there to snipe a position or two if the other guys were defending? Kind of like at Silverstone. How where the other guys are battling and he was just creeping up, creeping up. Yeah. By the time it well, was all over he was ready to attack
0: my gut instinct is yeah absolutely yeah. mate like he's oh, without a doubt muscle.
1: yep he's outperforming russell now and he's just i think he knows that they've got their hair wrapped they've got their ha- head wrapped around that car yes and he's i don't know he's looking a bit more motivated he's looking a bit more it's
0: more what it's more what we're used to seeing lewis like and yep. the best part about seeing him like this now is it it he has always been a genuine person but after watching him say the same things in a row for six seven years, it started to feel a little bit disingenuous. With everything that's gone on, it it's got that air of genuine genuine. It's not even a word. I'm tr- genuineity. Yeah, I was gonna. That's what I was <laughs> thinking about. It's not a word, is it? Nah, genuine. It's it has that extra level of. I've, I've set on myself up with the stupid sentence again. <laughs> it, it's heaps better, is what I'm trying to say. This year, watching him do what he does. But yeah, I think the sky's the limit for Mercedes. Yeah, they are on
1: the path. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see three cars battling. It's been a long time. Yeah,
0: is there anyone we haven't spoken about? Don't think so. So, Rand, that's lo- that's the teams. Is there any other big takeaways from the weekend?
1: No, it's that these regulations are awesome to see, and I'll just really hope it continues for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I hope so too, and I really hope the statistics that F1 and Libby media get from this showing, like participation of fans and enjoyment. I really hope they collect data on which tracks are enjoyed most by people. And it's not just a money thing because these last two races have been what we've been wanting for, for years yeah. and years. So I just, Austria should never leave. Silverstone should never leave.
1: We know Spa is going to be this good. I don't know why we're going to get rid of it. No, I'm excited to see Spa as Jumping in last year, yeah, and, yeah. And then not happening. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see Spa. Um, next week is France. It's going to be interesting. Oh, this weekend, sorry.
0: This weekend is the French Grand Prix. It's not the best track.
1: Uh, Beautiful it's city, <laughs>
0: <laughs> actually, and
1: possibly the best cuisine in the world. Throwing it out there. Those guys know what they're doing in a kitchen. Yeah. Iron Chef is kind of Iron Chef France. France. Is there an Iron Chef France? Oh, when you compete against Iron Chefs, there's I think there's Chinese and there's definitely France. So France was a blue guy. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, cool.
0: Japan, France, America, probably. They always have to be involved in anything. (laughs) Iron Chef. Iron Chef. (laughs) Great (laughs) shot. Coming next week, our fucking Iron Chef podcast. We're talking about France, aren't we? That's what. That's yeah, how we yeah. got here. Cool. All right. I'm not going <laughs> into. I think we need to take an open-minded approach to every track this year and understand that these cars are going to make every race better. So who knows? Yeah. With these new cars, France might become one of the best Grand Prix we've seen.
1: Anything can happen. Anything, and I'm a, I'm excited to see.
0: Yeah. Look, I and also like it's racing. I like racing. I, don't I don't watch any of it. <laughs> All right. thank you very much for listening, guys. I know our schedule hasn't been the best at the moment. Uh, COVID, it seems we just can't quite get away from it anywhere in the world. It's, it's reared its ugly head again. It's taken out a few of us and a few of our friends. That's why we haven't been as regular as we want to be. Once everyone's better and back on board, we'll be back to regular programming and we already have a bunch of content lined up for the mid-season break. So we're going to try and do some funny stuff, try and commentate a race and then talk about us a little bit, I think. It's going to be a good time. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Reach out to us on social media if you haven't already. Our tipping comp will begin after the mid-season break. I think we've got a mo- uh, few spots left for our little trial run. Yeah, a couple. A couple. And, yeah, thank you, guys. We're, it's just a joy to make this, and it's really, really surreal to know that people are out there actually listening to it. So thank you if you spend your time with us. It means, and it truly means a lot to us. All right, we'll see you later. Thanks,
1: guys.